Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Therapy Insiders on UpDoc Media. All right. The last episode of 2017. Or if you're listening in 2018, will be your first one. Regardless, this was our last recorded episode of the year, and we had a lot of fun with it. Our guest is somebody that if you listen to podcasts, especially in the physical therapy world, you will know the name and you definitely know the name of the podcast. So our guest, Jimmy McKay from the PT Pinecast podcast. It was a fun interview. Uh, Jimmy has a cool story because he started out in a field quite far from physical therapy in, in media, specifically in radio. So we, we chatted about what really brought him to physical therapy and really the, the interesting thing, the parallels between the two industries and, and how working in one has helped him develop the skill set to work in this one and really also the parallels of things that started to go wrong in the other industry that has really guided him to, to physical therapy and then really starting to see some early possible pitfalls within this profession that he can steer from and steer clear of and also some of the cool stuff that he's doing with the platform pt pinecast has grown a good bit since it started has a nice audience and what you learn once you do get an audience is how can we do things that actually help people and leverage and really come together as a community and separate this dichotomy of listener and content provider to a, a true community that does good for others and for greater good and then jimmy does a lot of that so we really uh, enjoyed that conversation and, and seeing what he's doing and how he's branching out to help others so we hope you enjoy the conversation as well um, as usual we did not hold back uh, we also did not hold back on the tangents that we go off on so strap in give yourself um, some some good leeway with this one because we go all over the place uh, including the Star Wars: Last Jedi, and I—I um, I don't even know. I don't even—I don't even know where how, how to to explain this to you. Just um, just enjoy it <laughs> as much as you can. And thanks for listening. Looking forward to a lot more in 2018. Have a great New Year's. Before we jump into this episode of Therapy Insiders, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our longtime sponsor, WebPT, for their amazing support, guidance, and leadership, not only this past year, but since we've started. They've been an amazing resource for us, and we couldn't have made this podcast work for this long without them. So please check out WebPT.com. Even if you don't need EMR, their blog, their resources are amazing and truly, truly focused on helping the physical therapy and rehab community. So thank you, WebPT, and please check out WebPT.com. And now, on to Therapy Insiders Podcast.
Hello, welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Shirakabad here with Dr. Joe Palmer and Dr. Urson Relihi Oso. Guys, depending when um, I feel like editing this and posting this, that this might either be the last podcast of 2017 or one of the first ones of 2018. I'm, I'm banking on it being one of the last of 2018 or 2017. So I say we, we, we go out in style and um, ring in the new year um, a little classy. What, what do you say we bring in 2018 classy this year? Sure. What? <laughs> what's what's different? We, 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 <laughs> We're you, normally not classy. Well, <laughs> well. For, first of all, um, I'm wearing one of those uh, tuxedo t-shirts right now. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel I feel the way the way I look and present myself. So you know, dress the part, as they say. All right. Are, are you guys but, dressed up? Hey, fake it till you make it, Gene. Joe, I, I do not fake it. I just make it. Um, <laughs> so what, let, let's kind of, um, let's recap real quick. Um, this year has been, um, I'd say a little bit slower for us on the podcasting front. We've been insanely busy, got a lot going on. Um, also, I think we've pretty much interviewed a, a gazillion people at this point. But we started out in fitness. We talked a lot about fitness when we started out in 2017 and obviously we went back to business and then we've kind of um, really went the gamut as we always have. Um, What about you guys? Like what are some topics that you feel like in 2017 have been really um, stuck out for you? Uh, Well, I I mean, I liked, I liked just the variety of people we had on and I liked actually having Jenna Scare on twice and seeing her massive growth between her first unpublished uh, podcast and then her second, she got something like another 300,000 Instagram followers. And when we originally interviewed her in like February, she was just talking about how she finally crossed like the barrier of 999,000. And uh, <laughs> I just remember thinking like, wow, if only. And when yeah, we she's... finally got her, yeah, she's massive. Yeah, she's done great. So yeah, she uh, has. a little a little pretext for that episode with Jen at Doc Jen Fit. Uh, we did one episode with her and the platform that we record on completely lost her recording. So we had no way to recover it. Um, actually, Joe's recording. Joe's was lost. So we rescheduled and did it again. And in that time span, she gained like 200,000 followers. Um which was a shame because I did the whole podcast in a in a uh, headstand. That's right. I, I, if, I believe that was that was the podcast. That was, I, the pod- yeah. Yeah, that was there was an extraordinary extraordinary amount of uh, handstand talk, mostly for me because I was fascinated. I mean, she was doing handstands <laughs> like every single freaking hour on Instagram. Um, but yeah, that, it was cool to chat with her, young clinician, really utilizing social media and growing, getting the message out. So it was, it was a really cool podcast. What about you, Joe? Any topics that stick out? I, I can't get past the the handstands. That was that was it. You're still you're that still. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, um, I feel like over the last year, year and a half, has been the increased amount of of media presence in physical therapy, and whether it's podcasts or blogs or Facebook pages. It's been really cool to see younger clinicians and just um, other other people within the profession stepping up and doing stuff like this. 
Um, so which, which kind of leads me into our, our guest today. I'm really excited to finish out the year with, you know, speaking about media. Um, our guest was one of, I'd say with us, probably one of the early podcasters that really, um, I'd say, took it up to another level. Um, I'd like to think that we were trying to be a little bit on the higher end in terms of guests and quality. And our guest, um, I'd say, took it even beyond that with production values and, and content. So I'm really excited to talk pretty much everything from how he got into podcasting to graduation to becoming a clinician and a bunch of other stuff. So Urson, why don't you do, do the honors, the last introduction of 2017. Gosh, my hands are sweating already. Oh my gosh, can I get it right? Will I get no it pressure. wrong? What's going no what's to happen? All the pressure. I'm either going to end 2017 with a whimper or start off 2018 with, uh, I don't know, a all small bang. Yeah. All, all the pressures. Well, our podcast guest tonight uh, is, no str- is no stranger to podcasting or to media in general. He has a background, some kind of background in media. I know that I'm pretty sure he ran a radio station of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know he has a lot of background in media and he probably is thinking, oh my gosh, this is the worst intro ever, but that's what I'm known for. Finishing uh, yes. Um, his podcast is the PP, PT Pinecast. You may have heard it. You Did you just say PP Pinecast? PP Pinecast? I'm pretty sure you just said PP Pinecast. Well, you know, when you have a beer or two or three, sometimes it makes you have to void. <laughs> It's a diuretic gene. I see what you did there. Okay. So it's the PT Pinecast. You may have heard of it. You may prefer it to our podcast, maybe, uh, because it's probably much uh, better done and professionally edited. And maybe he doesn't hate editing the podcast like Gene does. Anyway, please welcome Dr. Jimmy McKay, who apparently became a doctor a year ago, and I wasn't aware of that, but we haven't kept in touch. (laughs) Guys, thanks for having me on the show. That was the best intro ever. You sound fantastic. (laughs) He does. It's like he's done this before. It's like it's like he has like a professional career in this or something. First question: Wait, what beer? What are we drinking? I'm I'm trying not to cough all over my microphone right now. I feel like if I drink anything, I'll be asleep. Yeah, I'll I'll take the H to the O at this point. (laughs) I also have a kombucha while podcasting. GT's kombucha. Okay, I like it. What What are you drinking? Uh, it's 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 a celebration ale over here. Cheers! Oh, Cele- celebrate! Cheers, Cheers well, to that, Joe. Joe. Joe representing, um, but Joe Joe's also having um, another child, so he's he's allowed to drink more at this point, right, Joe? Is that is that how it works? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you uh, you better ask Urson there. I, I I'd be an alcoholic then if that was just a <laughs> reason to drink. Um, yeah. You got to think, Urson, that like after seven kids, it's just regression to the mean of, of craziness. Yeah. No? Uh, that, it gets easier, you know? That's what we tell people. That's that's absolutely. I mean, once you go crazy, I mean, there's there's <laughs> it doesn't really get much harder. Um, let, let's, yeah, let's, let's steer this shit back a little bit. Um, Jimmy, you, let's start with PT Pinecast. Sure. You were still a student when you started PT Pinecast. What what made you want to get into podcasting? Really, 
as a student, but even more so, what made you want to have a segment that um, is over beer? It, it's more laid back and I'd, I'd say is is fun. I mean, it's, it's a really fun podcast, but it's also really informative. Thank you. Um, I guess, I guess why, I guess, you know, you, uh, you default to what's comfortable, um, and as Erson so eloquently put, and yeah, I have a little, little background in media. Uh, I went to, uh, I went to school for journalism, mass communications. All I wanted to do from like age 10 on was be, uh, was be a radio DJ. Uh, so I went to school for, for journalism, mass communications. I wound up getting a pretty, uh, pretty good internship uh, at a station called WPLJ in New York City. It's this big pop station. A couple of years after that, I worked for a guy by the name of Howard Stern and uh, 92.3 K-Rock. So Is that I like some small town DJ or something? He, he, yeah, he read the news <clears throat> in the morning a little bit. Mm. Um, so that's all I wanted to do. I mean, I just, I loved it. Loved everything about radio, everything um, from, you know, working for a small t- hometown radio station to working for the, the big ones in New York City and just learned, learned just as much in any setting. Um, and then, you know, after working in radio for about 15 years, um, I think, I think I just kind of fell out of love and, you know, like, like a lot of businesses, more or fewer and fewer companies are owning more and more stations. So it was being less creative. You know what I mean? Like, so pretty much if you listen to an, an FM radio station, it's one of three companies that, that owns most of the radio stations in the United States. So it, essentially they were coming in and, and buying these, these radio groups and they were just saying, Here's what you're going to do for January. Here's what you're going to do for February. Here's what you're going to do for March. And you know, imagine um, uh, if you worked for a PT company and they came in and said, "Here's your protocol." When someone says they have knee pain, here's your protocol for everything. It kind of took that autonomy away, which is kind of what drew me to radio, which is the creative part, the fun part. And uh, so I kind of, you know, took stock of life. What do I? What do I like? What do I want to do? And I, I just luck so have it. Um, I was training for my first long distance triathlon, and the guys that I was training with. These guys were way better athletes than me, but, you know, love to have a good time. And they were just always in good spirits. And on long bike rides, they'd tell me about their day. I'd tell them about mine. Uh, they'd always hit me up for free tickets and stuff. So I'd, I'd oblige there. But their day just sounded it sounded more interesting. It sounded more fulfilling. And they were they were uh, it was a PT. Um, so I literally just kind of hit him up for like, what, do, what would I need to do to be kind of like you? How would I, how would I follow in your footsteps and do this? And uh, he kind of just directed me to the local university and said, go take anatomy and physiology one and come back. Let me know what you think. And I came back uh, like a month later on a bike ride and, you know, 15 minutes in, he goes, so. And I said, I learned how a muscle contracts. And that happens, that little, that, that process happens every time. And it blew my mind. It's like, this is the coolest class I've ever taken. He's like, okay, you can keep going now. So, yeah, so went, went to, uh, decided to take, because I was a journalism communications major, I had to take like nine nine or 10 prereqs just to be able to apply just because like none of, none of my classes actually transferred over as they shouldn't. Um, and then uh, got into PT school, went to Marymount University just outside DC and uh, was at a conference and then heard, you know, super smart people talking about super smart PT things. But, you know, here's Jimmy. I'm just like a first year student and everything's kind of going over my head. And uh, so I didn't, you know, didn't raise my hand in the room full of a thousand other people, but I caught up with the guy later on at the bar and uh, just kind of marched up and did that thing that I hear on this podcast or, you know, a lot of other podcasts talking about what PT students should do and just be assertive and just put yourself out there, be uncomfortable. And I just said, hey, man, loved your presentation, but I didn't understand a lot of it. I just didn't get it. And uh, he was nice enough to kind of just say, hey, you know, grab a seat, grab a beer. And uh, 45 minutes later, we talked through the whole thing. And when he was talking one on one, I understood everything because now he was using conversational language um, and uh, in and a, beer and beer. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, that made him sound even smarter. But uh, somewhere in there, I was just kind of like, hey, this is a good content. You know, that that was my job for 15, you know, 12, 15 years is just creating content. I was like, this is great content. Like people would love to hear the way this guy's talking now. So that's kind of why. I mean, I had some people say, like, I don't understand the whole pint or beer angle. Really, it just sets like the tone. Like, hey, like you talk, we speak differently when we are, we're having a conversation. And, and that guy did um, just communicated way way more effectively, way more efficiently in that conversation. And then on the ride back from Charlotte to DC, I just kind of had this idea pitched to a couple classmates in the car. And they, of course, didn't think it was a good idea at all. Naturally. <laughs> they were like, ah, no, that doesn't sound very good. Um, wound up pitching the idea to my advisor, my professor, Sky Donovan. And she was like, I have no idea what this idea will be like, but I'll buy the beer for the first couple of episodes. So I said, great. So at her coaxing, uh, I gave it a shot and, um, We've been going ever since. That's, pretty That's awesome, man. First time, first time I heard it, I was like, "It's brilliant." I mean, it's 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 a tax write off for beer. I mean, that, that's why Bingo. I thought you did it. Bingo. Um, but that was that was just me. Uh, I, I'd like to go back. There's one point that you you made that I'm intrigued with. You said that in the radio station, creativity started to go down. What does yeah. that mean? What was what was creativity like before and what was it after? Because the example you gave with the knee protocol, mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to be extreme, but it's not. I mean, that that's reality right. for a lot of a yeah. lot of clinicians, I, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. And I think some of that scares me, too. We can get into that. But the, what I meant by creativity going down is these companies wanted to standardize. They wanted to know that in January, we're doing a flyaway vacation promotion. And in February, we're doing guitar giveaways. In March, everything's about St. Patrick's Day. And they wanted to do that at all their radio stations from California to Maine to Florida because they own these, you know, Clear Channel and the Cumulus. They own all these stations. So essentially, they were just they were being you know, efficient with how many people they had to hire. Uh, whereas I wanted to come in and I, I worked in either upstate New York or I worked in northeast Pennsylvania. I wanted to do stuff that was local and applicable to the people around us. Um, and these large companies wanted to standardize everything to reduce costs. Um, they started to syndicate morning shows. So I was lucky enough to work with a guy. My morning show guy got up every morning in my town and went to work at my radio station. After I left, that morning show no longer existed. That morning show came from Dallas. So all the funny, all the fun wasn't local anymore. And I think that's, you know, the longer I do this whole PT thing and, and compare it to the communications background, the more I see parallels. And the parallel is like, wow, like you can really lose something if you lose that human touch and that thing that, you know, Urson or Gene or Joe brings to the table instead of doing that thing, which is we, what, we, what I kind of compared it to, which is here's the standard protocol. I mean, I think you miss, I think you miss a lot. So that's what scared me about where radio is going. The standard protocol doesn't go local, right, Jimmy? You got to go local. Mm-hmm. Got to go local, personalized. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of that going down. I used, I wasn't a Stern fan. Um, I actually used to listen to ONA a lot, but I yeah, heard them, yeah. you know, complaining about that just very thing happening. You know, yep. um, basically to me now, I don't listen to radio a lot. You know, my girls only know like Spotify and Pandora. They don't even yeah. understand commercials. Um, but it seems like every three stations are some form of Jack FM or yep. they're all just like the same playlist with just local commercials. Yep. Yeah. And that was scary. And I, I, I remember I was sitting there. I mean, I got I got to run my first radio station at 24 and that was it. I was like, this is my dream job. I'm going to do this till I retire. 
And I remember just when like things like MySpace and you know Wi-Fi were coming out, I would go back to these meetings with these guys who were all older than me, and their entire career, their entire life, their mortgage, everything was based on radio. And I was kind of like Chicken Little going, but if I can get Wi-Fi anywhere, like on my phone, then why would I just listen to the station down the street? I could listen to anybody. Like geography no longer matters. That's what the internet did. It just leveled. It leveled geography. So it didn't matter how big your antenna was or how far your signal went. It mattered how good your content was. And ultimately, that was that was important. Um, but the scary part was like, you know, where's the next generation of content creators going to come from? Because I was allowed to be Jimmy and screw up working, you know, midnight to 6 a.m. shifts in Poughkeepsie, New York. That's what allowed me to, like, you know, hone my craft to be able to then go to, you know, ooh, get the coveted 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then eventually night, 7 to midnight. And then afternoons, like... It just it makes me wonder, like, and if you compare it to PT, if if all you do is a protocol that's handed down to you from a big company, how are you going to hone that craft? You know, where 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 is your where's your safe time to ex, you know experiment and figure things out? I don't I don't know. That's that's scary. That scares me. Yeah, no, t- to me, it's um, the part that's scary is the connection part, right? When when it's a local, whether it's radio station or clinic or anything that that's in the community in the neighborhood you have that connection to it. So yeah. when you move away, people will, like you said, leverage technology, the Wi-Fi, the apps to listen to their local stations because it keeps them close, a part of them close to home to that connection. Um, if you lose that and you lose that en masse, you lose, you lose a ton of roots, you lose a ton of anchor yeah. and, and connection to communities. And um, that's, you know, that's how we spread different um, unique values and we spread different thoughts and, and all that stuff. And then we become the, this homogenous group all of a sudden that everyone is just the same. And that that's, you know, that that's some Wally shit there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, a lot of things go in pendulums, you know, they swing one way than the other. And I just interviewed a guy who is a professor at Utica College and he's like, a, you know, been a professor for 20 years. And he said, when I came on and, and, and got my degree, we were just pretty much, tra- you know, trained as technicians. You know, here's what the doctor told you to do, do it. Um, and it just seems like, you know, we, we are, we fought and we wanted autonomy and then maybe maybe the way things are structured with larger companies, we're just becoming technicians again. You know, some people, and I should, and I don't want to, you know, generalize this to everybody, but I'm, I've, I saw that in a few clinical rotations. And I remember I turned to my advisor, I was like, well, if this is it, I, I showed up to the wrong place because this is, this is exactly what I tried to get away from in terms of homogeny, like you mentioned. Yeah, that that's scary, Joe. What about you? Like, you obviously run. So I, like- I got I got to bring a, a devil's advocate perspective to this here a little bit because um, I think that one of the things that uh, you know we're we are um, a profession that has an incredible amount of variability in uh, in practice, mm-hmm. and and I think that there is an important piece. Uh, to uh, doing the basics uh, standardized uh, towards what we feel is the best possible evidence that we have right now. now and uh, that's, that doesn't mean that it's right. doesn't mean that in a year uh, that's how we'll be doing it. Um, but I think that one of our struggles as an organization is to make sure that if somebody goes to uh, – one of our offices, uh, for, for care, uh, the next time, if they go to another office, they're not getting a totally different product. 
And I, I think that uh, as a profession, um, that's something that we have to that, that we have to deal with, and we have to, uh, you know, e- e- the airlines do it for for their checklists before before the pilot leaves because they they want to make sure that everybody's going about the same steps to to maintain safety. Um, that doesn't that doesn't mean you don't get a different experience at Southwest versus Delta. Uh, but there are certain things that they all, that all of them do. I was with you until you brought up um, airlines as an example of, of good quality. Then, then, I'm, then you lost I'm, me I'm, I'm trying to make a connection here. That's a valid connection. That is, I, I was I was nodding my head along, Joe, with my with my tuxedo T-shirt. I was nodding here, and then you brought up airlines, um, and completely lost me. But I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You you have to have you have to have a consistency of brand, mm-hmm. right? You have to have kind of that Starbucks example of that. It's not necessarily the best coffee, but you will get the same coffee everywhere you go, whether it's California or uh, Maine. It's you, you know what to expect. But w- within that expectation, you still have to have um, the uniqueness of each location. Like Starbucks still tweaks based on um, where they are in geography and everybody that is in every single place has to have the ability to feel like they can make mistakes and they can adjust things accordingly to uh, to what's in front of them. Otherwise, they're just robots. So you, there's got to be some kind of middle ground, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but but uh, I, I think as a place uh, to start from, uh, you know, to me, uh, a good PT um, makes that connection with the patient and and puts his his personal brand or her personal brand on everything that they do, um, and and so I think that the in my eyes a a structured or a protocol, uh, if you would, is is really just a, a common starting point. Yeah, but it's not always right. I, I think I think the the extreme that we're talking about is that if this happens, then you get this protocol no matter what. There, you don't even have the option to choose between right. protocols or what protocol. It's just like here it is. Here's a person. Before you even get to talk to the person, here's the protocol that comes with this person. That was the thing that scared me as a student because as a student, you know, you're working with a CI, and you know, your goal is to learn. And I remember, you know, I won't say what company, but it was a fairly large company that I was working for. And my CI pretty much on the first day was like, okay, so every patient gets 15 minutes of manual therapy and then 15 minutes of exercise. And my question was, what if they don't need it? But their format was every patient gets 15 minutes of manual therapy and 15 minutes of exercise. And then you pass them off to the tech. And I was just, that was really the thing that was like, that scared me a little bit. And as, as a, as a student PT, you know, I questioned it to a point, but then I was handed, you know, 17 folders and, you know, told to go on my merry way. Um, and I just figured, well, when am I, when am I learning to do the thing if I'm just doing 15 and 15? So that was the thing that, you know, I wanted it to be, you know, kind of what you mentioned, Joe. I mean, I don't know if those things are, are, are at the other, are at opposite ends of the spectrum. I think that what we need to do is bring that, you know, local radio flavor to each patient. Um, by all means, local radio stations typically do, within reason, play, for better or for worse, the same, if you're if you're a rock station like I worked for, you know, the same, you pull from the same 400-song pool. 
um, but you get to put your local flavor on it. I knew in Northeast Pennsylvania, I could lean on you know Ozzy Osbourne and Led Zeppelin all day long because uh, they d- they dug it there. I go try to pull that off in New York City <clears throat> as a modern rock station. I don't do it. So, you know, if you're treating patients in Buffalo, New York, or you know San Diego, um, they're going to have different life experiences. Hopefully, you're bringing something local to that. Yeah, we just talked about how bad the Bills are doing, uh, even though they actually did great in a snowstorm. <laughs> Love those cool. Bills. That was a cool game. Um, so let, let's let's talk about your experience. Obviously, you you started as a student. I think this this is a really big disconnect with students to young clinicians, and this is something. Unfortunately, we talk to a lot of students because they they hit this massive wall and burnout so quickly because you have this expectation, almost altruistic, um, way too um, idealistic view of what you will be doing when you're going to school. You're so excited especially when you start out with um, and then you start getting into tests and school gets hard and like you you cling on to this vision of I'm going to get through so I can be a physical therapist, so I can help people, so I can make a salary, so I could be a doctor. And then you get into clinicals and sometimes, as, as you said, you just get slapped in the face and you can brush it off and say, yeah, you know, it was just a bad clinical experience. And then you graduate and you start work and you go, okay what what's going on yeah did, did you experience any of that what, what's been your journey so far I, my, the I, I lucked out you know my that clinical experience I referenced was um, my second one so I had one I had a great one after that so I didn't that wasn't the last thing that I tasted before I got kicked out of the nest and then uh, I worked for two different types of clinics in my first year and a half after um, graduating that were vastly different one was orthopedics and sports and cash you know cash based private practice and the other was uh, developmental pediatrics. So, you know, kind of a, a different end of the, of the spectrum there. Um, and both of those places really preached the same thing. And they were like, go, go treat what you see. Go, you know, by all means, stick with the evidence. It's not, you know, I'm not just, you know, going uh, completely off the rails. But it was very, very much um, go put into practice what you learned. Um, so I had, I had a good experience uh, after my okay experience uh, at the larger company that scared me. And then I had good experiences after I graduated. So I lucked out. But but again, I mean, I hear from people all the time who, who don't. Or, and I, when Gene, when you were talking about that, the thing when we, I heard my professor, Jason Craig, say, you know, we all come into this. Remember why you came into this? Because a lot of people will go through school, just like you mentioned, that whole, that whole um, trip. And then they'll graduate and they'll take the highest paying job they can get. And they'll hate it. Because it's not why they went into it. Yeah. How, how long? Um, what made you transition from one job to the other? If you don't mind sharing. The uh, from after I graduated. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great fit. Um, and and that that doesn't mean anything. The the, the clinic. It was a sports based orthopedic uh, outpatient clinic. They were trying to expand. Uh, Carlos Barrio at Spark PT in. Uh, in Alexandria and they were going to expand in it and they since have, but at my time they, they didn't have enough patients for me. I mean, I, there were, there were days I would go to work and see like one or two patients and Jimmy doesn't sit still very well talking about myself in the third person. But, um, and then I, I'd always wanted to go in through school, do something in pediatrics and I was never able to. And I had through the podcast come in contact with some people who had a pediatric clinic and they just happened to have it like literally had an opening that week when I reached out, I was like, Hey, can I just come shadow? Can I just come on my off day, do whatever? 
And they said, well, you know, we're hiring. And um, I said, I have literally zero minutes of experience in pediatric PT. She said, great. I don't have to beat any bad habits out of you. Um, so she came in. She observed me with a couple kids for the day, and I started there. Um, so it was just – that was luck. But that, that's what that, that transition came is I, I didn't love it. You know, I didn't love going to work, and that had nothing to do with the clinic. It was just kind of what I thought I wanted to do. I was a dude, and I was into athletics, so I should be going into orthopedic sports. But that wasn't the case once I got there. What are you doing now? Uh, now I completely took a, a left turn. Now I am the uh, director of communications for Fox Rehabilitation. Uh, so we work with older adults. So I get to kind of use my PT education and my communications background every day. Um, a lot of companies, my pitch anyway to Tim Fox was, um, he, I speak two languages fluently. You know, so I speak communications and, and I speak PT. Um, and a lot of times the marketing and the communications that you see come out of PT organizations are created by professional communicators, which is great. Um, but a lot of times, whether it be in pictures or how they speak, um, it isn't exactly how a, a physical therapist would actually say something or how they would communicate. So my pitch was, I can be that bridge. You know, I can I can make sure that the communications we're having from business to potential patient, from business to patient, uh, from business to business, um, actually looks and sounds like it was created by a PT because it was. You mean it's not uh, all all your ads and media aren't the uh, guy in the polo doing the path of straight leg raise listen i know the show i'm on no polo okay hashtag thank no you. polo thank you yeah i'm also referring right. to, the, to the like the number one oh the stock ever, yeah. yeah the yeah. stock image that everyone oh. gets like the first image yep. even if you're like yep. you know even if you are a pt google just puts that up as the stock image just to enrage you yeah, the cool part is the APTA actually reached out to where I went to school when I was still a student just because Marymount is so close to the APT headquarters. And the APTA was literally thinking just that, Erson. They were like, why are we always doing you know stock things? And it's always for some reason a hamstring stretch, but it's bad biomechanics and all that. And, and again, the polo. Um, and the APTA was actually uh, forward-thinking enough. They, they came over with like a full like professional camera and crew and, and took a bunch of, you know, quote, stock images – but the, the patients and the clinicians in the pictures were PTs and PT students. So they made sure that they were actually stuff. And I remember my professor, Sky Donovan, the photographer's like, can you stand over here and lean this way? And Sky looked at the guy and was just like, a PT would never, ever do that. So I'm not going to do it so you can get a picture of me doing it. So, but yeah, I rage against stuff like that too. It's, I mean, can we just once and for all get rid of the polo? Rage against the polo rage machine. I like it. The polo machine. I like it. I like it. Joe, do you still wear polos? Uh, intermittently, yes. <laughs> That's allowed. Not gonna, not not gonna deny it. Well, look, I, I, I should make it clear because people give me. I sweat a lot, Gene. <laughs> I, I, I... You are a very efficient sweater, but I, again, it is it is not a bad thing. So, c- can I tell them the headband story, Joe? Yeah, sure. You can go for it. So when we were, um, Joe and I went to PT school together, we were in the same class. And, um, he, like, as he, as he said, he was a very efficient sweater. And to me, to me, I saw it as a good thing, right? We, we had, we had, we had physiology and we learned that when, when you sweat, that that's a good thing. That means your system is working well. So I always told him that. Um, so I ended up gifting him a headband, um, for, for occasions where sweating happened to occur. And, um, to his credit, he, um, he, he wore the, the, the sweatband. Yeah. You know, they keep the VA very hot. <laughs> I, 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 
it was like my first internship and you got to like gown up when you go into these rooms. It, it was just, it was like, I was, I was disgusting. The guys it don't was, breathe. They do, they do not breathe. They're not, not great material. I'm with you, buddy. I'm, and I'm that's why I'm outpatient uh, with a polo. Well, look, <laughs> so I, I get, I get anytime there's a conversation about clothing at this point, I get tagged in it. And um, just, just because I don't like polos in the business sense, like I, I do not know what women should wear. I do not know the official attire for physical therapy. I just want to put that out there. Like if you're having a conversation about clothing related to the clinic, please don't tag me unless it's something relevant. Like I I get it and and I'm sure I'll see it. I have nothing against polos in themselves. I have issues with polos in a business environment. You can wear a polo shirt when you play golf. That is perfectly acceptable. If you want to play tennis, you can wear a polo shirt. It's when tennis you're in a business setting. Yes, they do. Not like Cla- classic tennis players, Erson. <sighs> the OGs. You got to wear the so. whites. Yeah, thank you. What kind of tennis do you play? What kind of what kind of tennis do you play in Buffalo? Jesus. Well, we're not Ethan. playing anywhere. We're not playing any tennis right now. I don't. Know. I only wear like dry fit workout shirts branded. I bought like fifty of them. They all say <laughs> they all have my E on it. That's all I wear now. I, put I hope a, you're good at tennis because if you get your ass kicked, then everybody knows who who you are. I am good at tennis. I am a 4.0. Are you? Yeah. God, bring your tennis racket in January. You play if tennis? I, uh, yes, I play tennis. Are you? Are you? Joe, Joe and I used to play all the time. Yeah. Oh, so you know what remember a 4.0 those, is? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Remember those days when we used to play tennis and golf? I do. I don't remember either of us being a 4.0. Um. No, uh, I remember like playing four rounds. So. <laughs> There's a four in there. I, I remember. I remember. I was getting to forty, right? Yeah. Is that, is yeah. that how it works? Getting to forty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. You start. I don't think look, someone has to rate you. Some like arbitrary person has to rate you, and then you get like ranked. play a bunch of other people who are as good as you. Listen, if you need somebody to tell you how good you are, Urson, you're not that good. Okay, that that's how I knew that, I was good, and then someone told me how good I was. If that's what you're saying, <laughs> I don't believe you. But that, yeah, that's pretty impressive, 4.0. Um, so, yeah, so polo shirts, obviously, like, just just don't wear them in the business setting. That, 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 that's, all, that's all I'm saying, unless you work at Target or Walmart or, or Best Buy. And if you, if you do work in those locations, that's fantastic. That's part of the attire, and, and you fit right in. But if you're in a clinical setting or some kind of other business setting, don't wear, don't wear a polo. That is all I'm saying, guys. That is, that's it. We get it's it. That and handstands. Gene hates polos listen, and he loves handstands. Listen, just go look at uh, at Doc Fit at, at Jen Doc Fit on Instagram. Look at her Doc handstands and tell me they are not amazing. I asked someone in my course in Poughkeepsie uh, over the weekend if they followed her, and she's like, "No." And it's like, uh, I was like, "Do you follow Jenna Scare? Jenna Scare?" And she's like, "No." And I'm like, "Doc Jen Fit." She's like, "Oh yeah." And I was like, "You remember when I told her like she just changed her name to that? Like, how many people know her name is Jenna Scare?" Yeah, yeah. From now on, you are at Doc Gen Fit. Right. That's that's it. Um, so, Jimmy, what's um, what's in the future for you, man? What's uh, what are you looking forward to over the next year or so? And um, are you still st- do you still like podcasting? Getting bored with it at all, or any other future endeavors? Yeah, I still I still like it. Um, I mean, and and that was actually a shock to like my parents. I was always the kind of kid who jumped around and did a lot of different things. You know, kind of you know multi sport. You know, we always know differentiation when you're a kid. That's good. But I, you know, I always, I always liked something a lot, and then kind of did it for a while, and moved on. But 
I mean, we're at like 270 episodes, but you know, I, I like to, to say that the show is kind of like a parallel for life for me. I'm just, just somebody new in this profession, just kind of walking around this bar of a profession, bumping into people and willing to have a conversation. And, and I guess my goal is, you know, just share them. And if somebody gets something from them, great. I know I have. Um, but if people gain, you know, insight from, you know, people like you guys and everybody we have on the show, I think there's something to be learned from any conversation you can have with someone, especially in this profession, because I think most people, uh, giving with their time, you know, willing to take their time out to, to kind of shed some light on some things if you ask. And I think a lot of people are doing that. I mean, every, every 15 minutes, somebody, uh, you know, starts a new PT podcast, it seems. So, you know, it's, it seems to be sticking around for a little bit, but I, I still like doing it. That's cool, man. And you, you've done a lot. You've, I'd say you've leveraged the platform that you're not just kind of passive putting out episodes. You've used the audience to do some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, you want to share some of those and, and something that you have coming up as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll talk about like the two pretty much highlights. You know, this the whole podcast thing that I have could crash and burn tomorrow and I'd still be really proud of it because of these two things. One was we went on a service learning trip in school uh, to Costa Rica and we worked with uh, kids in an orphanage. And I, I had the opportunity to meet this young boy. Uh, we call him G, and uh, he had muscular dystrophy. And uh, we really couldn't do much with him because of how progressed it was. But this kid just had a killer personality and used to mess with me so bad because my Spanish sucked. I just, I just loved this kid's personality. Kid was awesome. And uh, after two weeks of work, working with him, we just, you know, we left. And you know, he'd been there with PT students and, and med students that come through all the time. And he was in a tilt and space wheelchair. And pretty much wherever he was put, that's what he saw for the day. And uh, we just decided, my classmates and I, that that wasn't good enough. You know, PTs could solve this problem. And while we couldn't, you know, fix or, or change his muscular dystrophy, we, we took to the audience and we raised about $19,000 in 66 days. So we said, we graduate in 66 days. By the time we walk, when we walk across the stage, we want to know that this kid has a wheelchair coming to him. And we raised uh, not, about 19000 Got him a wheelchair. Then Marymount kind of topped us all again. They said, well, a PT has to show um, his caregivers how to use the chair, how to position him. So they flew me down there with one of my professors. So we got to hand deliver this kid a chair. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little choked up just thinking, just talking about it. But that's, I mean, that's highlight of my, you know, professional career, radio or PT. That's it right there. Awesome, um, man. So that was a cool story. That was a way to, you know, kind of leverage the audience. And then the thing that's coming up is uh, at CSM in February, going to New Orleans, uh, saw a documentary on uh, on uh, Amazon called Gleason about uh, Steve Gleason, former player for the New Orleans Saints. And that's the cool thing about podcasting is you guys probably can attest to, too, you know, having people like Gary Vee, people you just read, people you like look and talk to, you reach out and they say, sure, I'll be on your podcast. It's just super easy. Uh, reached out to someone in the Gleason documentary. And uh, talked with him. His name is Blair Casey. He's kind of Steve, Steve Gleason's kind of right-hand man, his caregiver, works with this foundation. Had a great interview from the, from the perspective of a caregiver, not a PT, uh, but still with Steve, you know, a, a large portion of his day. We hit it off really well. He said he made the fatal error of saying, hey, man, if you're ever in New Orleans, like, you know, come, we'll, we'll hang out, stop by. Uh, so when I found out CSM was in New Orleans, I called him and I said, listen, I'm coming. He said, great, uh, I'll get the crawfish ready. I said, I have no idea what that means, but sounds good. Uh, but I said, it would be a shame to have you know, 12 to 15,000 physical therapists. And right now, CSM is trending to be the largest ever. Um, it'd be a shame to have all these PTs in one town, your town, Steve's town, and not do something. So 
we uh, we're putting on an event where we're throwing Steve Gleason a birthday party um, at a uh, bowling alley, walking distance from the conference center, walking distance from the hotels. Uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, uh, crawfish boil, some of Steve's NFL buddies. I can't say which ones right now because they haven't confirmed. I'm just saying, you know, Drew Brees comes to some of his events and Sean Payton comes to some of his events. Um, and some of his other, uh, other NFL buddies uh, are going to stop by for uh, some auto, uh, autographed silent auction items. And uh, all the money raised goes to uh, ALS research and ALS advocacy for people living with ALS. So uh, it's called Inspire, Steve Gleason's birthday party. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a pretty cool event. I like the fact that there's a PT tie-in along with a, a pretty big name uh, in the uh, ALS community and Steve Gleason. I think it's just going to be... I, I'm excited for it because, I mean, PT conferences throw some pretty cool parties, um, but this one's a little bit of a twist, something I haven't seen just yet, and I like doing things I haven't seen yet. So pumped pumped to see you guys come out to that. I know, Gene, you already got your ticket. Yeah, man. Me and um, Ben got our tickets. Uh, really, really excited. Um, should be should be a good time. I think uh, CSM and just in New Orleans in itself, I think uh, hopefully everyone makes it back home, um, which is not a given <laughs> based where it is. I've never been. Um, I've heard, though. I've only heard stories. Well, I mean, it's 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 impressive as it is that even stories made it out from from previous um, from previous conferences. But yeah, that that's really cool, man. Um, I know we we never had an opportunity like that um, in school and to do anything or to leverage anything. I mean, for for shit's sake, Joe, um, do you remember our trip in wheelchairs? What it was? No, I do. Um, Where'd you I guys go? Pick- so, and um, do you want to, do you want to tell the story, Joe? Uh, we went to the mall and tried to get our picture with the Easter Bunny. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! We did not try. We succeeded, Joe. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, that's it was, it was an event. <laughs> well, I've got a uh, I've got a question for you guys. Let me turn it around a little bit, if that's all right. It's your show. Hit sure. It. My question for uh, for each of you guys: What's um What's uh, what's one thing that you guys have learned, or why do you guys keep doing this show? Because you guys were around before I was, um, and you guys put out you know a lot of content. I'm talking about not just the podcast, but all the stuff you guys do at UpDuck. Up but let's stay with specifically this podcast, Therapy Insiders. You know what what are some things that you guys have learned while doing this show? Okay, well I'll go first. <laughs> you started off first. I will. Um, well, I just started off on this podcast as a guest. I didn't found this podcast. Um, and I was on it, uh, three or four times before these guys graciously invited me to be on therapy insiders. Um, and I got flack from it, from Jason Shane. I was talking about, uh, being a guest on a podcast for like years until he finally uh, says it's my podcast. So, um, what have I learned? I've learned a lot of different things from, um, the various business guests, because even though I have multiple businesses, I just don't have a business background. And it kind of convinced me that I should look more into learning about business and the way businesses run. And, you know, uh, I decided winging it wasn't uh, the best thing that I've really got lucky and fortunate. And I was blessed so far to have success in any of my businesses. But um, there's also a secondary reason that uh, I just like being omnipresent in PT media, you know, and, and I felt like I had a good handle on, uh, YouTube and Facebook and, uh, blogging. So I just thought that it was like the next thing to reach 
just a, a better audience, you know, or, or a different audience because it's, you know, what I always tell people when, um, you know, like Apple just doesn't advertise only on broadcast TV, you know, they, their ads are everywhere and it's not like I'm just doing it to promote myself, but I just like reaching as great as an audience as possible. And I like talking to cool people like you. I like it. Omnipresent. Joe, I, I do like the use of omnipresent. It's well done. <laughs> yes, the king of all that, PT that media is, is uh, what I often say because I'm like, why is Stern called the king of all media when he's really only done like two media? Yeah. Look at that. We got the tie into Stern as well. Urson is the Stern of PT. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to, to something that you said. You know, I really feel like uh, it's been it's been cool to um ha- interact with people that uh i otherwise would have w- may have never crossed their path in a in a even even in a professional uh environment so i, I just i feel like um getting getting to talk with all of our our guests uh and get their perspective on on things you know, really y- 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 you get probably a tenth of what what we actually uh, talk about. You know, all the good stuff we cut out in the beginning. It's true. Before we start recording, <laughs> people just, just lay it on us. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, I I think when it when it fir- when we first started, when it all came down to it, it was it was grounded in the in the base frustration of of what we're seeing Joe and I as new grads as well. I mean, we're helping with a course going through a manual course and uh, just the conversations that we were hearing and, and some of the stuff coming out of there, you know, that was the precipice of starting it, but to keep going. Um, and, and we've had some nulls and lulls in, in putting out episodes and it's the realization of the power and value of connecting in words. It's when we go a period of time without putting out new episodes, um, getting, emails and messages. Hey, we're, you know, what's going on with the podcast? Um, I was really enjoying it. And it's just like a reminder that even if it's one person that is taking the time and effort to reach out and say, you know, I was, I was enjoying listening to you three jabber about random shit. Um, and that, you know, that made their commute better or they learned something or it inspired them or just all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, just a reminder of that once in a while is, um, is empowering and it's invigorating because there, there's so many, like you said, there's so many avenues to share the message now, right? Before this was our pathway to vent and to share and to try to drive the needle forward. And now we have Facebook and video and we have so many pathways. Um, but obviously we still have an audience. We still have people that this is, this is how they want to hear. And, um, you know, maybe the frequency gets less, but got to, we, we owe it to the people that, that stuck, stuck around and that are enjoy listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to hear it from people who are, are kind of similar I fellow podcasters. I don't get to talk to many people who have, you know, their own podcast often, but that is, that is a really unique thing that you bring up, which is when you hear from someone like, you know, we'll have this conversation, you know, you'll edit it, put it out in a couple of weeks and then it's kind of forgotten about, which most conversations are when, when someone reminds you like, Hey, I heard you talking, you know, with so-and-so about this. And I learned a lot from you. Like, Oh, because you weren't in the room when I recorded that. And sometimes, you know, we forget we had this conversation and it gets pushed out and other people can hear it. And that's, uh, I mean, that's that's great to hear. I mean, I, I like that too. And someone's like, I, I learned 
from, you know, I, I almost say they learn from my ignorance because, again, I've been a PT for like a year. Um, so I always take take the point on my show, which is I know enough to know I don't know much. So if I, if I ask all the questions from that point of view, then the audience is definitely going to understand once my expert or whoever I'm talking to is done talking. Um, but, yeah, that's – it's just it it didn't exist when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's still strange to me. Yeah, it's 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 a cool connection. I think it's it's a lot of times um it's almost like a pseudo nostalgic blast. Like you you sharing the story about G and somebody maybe remembering when you first put that out yeah. there and how they felt and then you sharing that story again and they're like, Oh wow, I remember all that and that emotion comes back to them and they get to relive it. Yeah. Um otherwise, you know, who knows when the next time you would have told that story or if they would have even heard it if they weren't listening to your podcast. It's just that that mixture of of audiences and then eventually, I mean that's that's connecting the profession, right? The listeners that you have, I'm sure we have carryover with listeners, sure. but we still I'm you know, logic dictates that we also have a, a bunch that are going to be new to both. Right. And uh, and that carryover. And then again, the principles and the conversations that we've had in our podcast, your podcast and the two um, the two audiences merged together. And that that's a unifying element there, which is pretty powerful as well. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool in a lot of ways. Well, I know you did. You guys did Gary V. And I know you you dig uh, like Seth Good when he put out Tribes. I mean, I remember work, I was working for a radio station at the time when I read Tribes. It's a great book for, for people who want to do exactly that, which is connect people, which is also what PTs do. So, you know, what the elements of that tribe that Seth put forward anyway, we don't have to have a, you know, a common thing that you um, can agree on, a thing. Um, and then a way to communicate, and then a leader, and that's your tribe. Um, and a lot of times, I think PTs are off doing the thing that they're supposed to do. And if they aren't in a really um, rich environment with incoming information, I mean, you can get kind of cut off. And that—that's what this—you know—that's what you guys do, putting out so much information um, with UpDoc is you know give people that touch point to be able to communicate again. That's what all these social media platforms. Um, are supposed to do supposed to do but you need someone with that that common content and that's not broadcasting that's narrow casting in a great way because it's it's about this random thing of pt which you know 15 20 years ago you wouldn't have a tv station dedicated to to pt that wouldn't make any sense but you can have i mean i don't know how many pt podcasts are there how many youtube channels are it's a lot of information out there and that's just a way to connect that big tribe that we all have in common which is physical therapists. Yeah, I mean, that, that's well said. And, and as always, there's going to be, there's always going to be anchors and foundational, foundational productions, right? Whether it's a company or a podcast that whether it's first or just you, once you grow a certain audience, it just, it just carries over as long as you're sure. consistent. And for us, because we came out and, Jesus, 2013, I think, February of 2013. Good for you. Um, you saw it early, man. And yeah, but it, again, it's 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 just putting it out there and and being consistent, and um, you know, people people resonate as long as as long as they can count on you to be consistent, they will show up and they will listen, even even if you have shitty content. Um, and you know, for us, it's just making an effort to be a little bit beyond shitty and a little bit beyond that and a little bit beyond that, and that snowballs in a positive way versus the other way where it just snowball shit. Um, <laughs> So happens unfortunately a ton well i'm sorry for ruining, i'm sorry for ruining your streak of good i'm sorry to bring well you, you brought beer so you're okay sure. you're cool yeah um and it's 
it's like you said, it's, it's about the, the point of social media. The point of all this is to scale connections and scale relationships. If you're not, if you're not scaling connections and you're not scaling relationships, that means you're not connecting and you're not making relationships. And then what you're doing is just, you're just putting yourself and you're just selling and it's a very superficial front that you're putting out there. And eventually people recognize that and then they don't follow you because they don't feel like you really care about what, what you're trying to do and help them. And um, I'd like to think that we've grown because people genuinely feel and understand that we, we care about our audience and we care about um, helping them through these conversations and the content we put out. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that. But um, we'll see. We'll see what tweets we get from that. I might be wrong. Yeah, you said the, that one person reached out and said they like this BSing. Did you make that up? Wait, what did I say? You said one person reached out and they said that uh, they actually liked us BSing in the beginning. Oh, yeah, because because um, remember we somebody emailed us uh, or left a review and said that we have a great podcast, except they wish right. that we would um, talk less in the beginning. Right. So then we made it longer. Then, <laughs> yes, then, yes. Yeah, so in spite, just despite that person, um, the next podcast we released, it was just this gigantic diatribe of an opening. And um, then we said, you know, why we did that. And then we got a, a positive email saying that they actually enjoy our, our uh, little banter in the beginnings. Yeah. So you see, we have people that support us. We haven't even talked um, about Star Wars yet. Gosh. I guess it'll be uh, next, I think we should just finish, next episode. We should finish out that way. We should, we should, let's finish out on uh, on a high note of Star Wars. Um, Urson, you have your tickets on Monday. Joe, are you going to go see Star Wars? Uh, yeah, we're actually going uh, Friday, I believe. I just got a text hard. message from my girlfriend. We're going Thursday night. Uh, oh, I remember those days. Good. Yeah. Excited. Good. Yeah. I got to find a time because we have a... We have a course. Jeff Morris coming to town. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, this weekend so I gotta gotta find some time. Um, I'm really excited, and, and I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay away from the spoilers and and the rumors. Uh, I saw a tweet that I wish I didn't see, and I hope it's not true. Um, but it, it 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 hurt me just just to even fathom that being a reality. Um, but I heard it. All the reviews are saying that it's amazing. They are saying it's the best one ever. Well, look, I, I don't. Empire is going to be the best one ever. I don't. I don't care how good Star Wars movies they make. Empire will always be the best Star Wars. It's we, we had this conversation, or I'm starting to remember this. It's coming back. I to like me. Empire the no, best. We, I just like Rogue One the next best. How is that possible, Arson? Because it's so dark, and it's just so, all right. It, like no let's finish out again. Yeah. Again, let's reiterate. Let's rank. <laughs> Let's rank all the Star Wars movies. Minus Let's the just prequels, listen to Scotty Butcher's podcast again where we did it for no, like 20 minutes. We're going to do it again. <laughs> J- Jimmy, please start off. Please rank your favorite Star Wars movies from favorite to least favorite. Uh, favorite to least favorite. Correct. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. You're cool. Is first. Uh, I like A New Hope. Uh, f- I do like Rogue One next. Then I go Force Awakens uh what's next uh return of the jedi attack of the clones of we're not going clones. prequels though those don't revenge exist. of the sith yeah. then the yeah. monstrosity of the phantom menace comes in I, yeah. last. I, I don't consider those star wars movies yeah. uh what about you joe oh my goodness um um 
I'm 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 not I'm not ready with my list. You, <laughs> go to Earth. All right, my list is pretty close to Jimmy's. I'm I say Empire, Rogue One, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, A New Hope, Attack of the Clones, and then um, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. The Phantom Edit. I would prefer the Phantom Edit if I could find it. Yeah. You ready, Ed Joe? I'm not going to make a list. <laughs> Check it twice. That's like, I'm yeah. out. Um, so Empire, obviously first for me. Um, then Return of the Jedi. Then A New Hope. Um, then um, um, Force Awakens. And and then Rogue One. <gasps> Rogue One, I mean, a good surprise. I walked into that with like you know medium expectations and was pleasantly surprised on that one. But that's the thing, like I I came at it with no expectations yeah. or less, and I was I was okay with it, right? Like if I had high expectations, it was. You didn't sucked. have the high expectations because I told you to see it a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you see it? Like, did you watch it at home or something? You you miss it in the theaters, right? <laughs> And had an extra copy. Actually, ended up sending it to me, so so I would watch uh, it. Um, that's probably. I, I had absolutely no excitement to watch it because I, I love the original story so much. I love the characters, um, so I I did enjoy it. I enjoyed Rogue One, but it was it was a decent story. Um, it was some cool stuff. I mean, if if you take out that Darth Vader scene, spoiler alert. If you take out that Darth Vader scene is it really that cool? Like if you take out the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's mm. got uh, Donnie Yen in it. I love Donnie Yen. That doesn't change the fact that the story still sucks. What? Doesn't... <laughs> well, I don't want to debate. I mean, I wouldn't say it sucks. Jeez. <laughs> it's pretty good actually. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it in the top three star Wars movies of all time though. Yeah, I know you wouldn't, but that's all right. That's all right. A lot of variability yeah. even so, well, amongst star Wars fans. Let us know if, if you're listening, if we're for this is out before the end of the year. Tweet at us at Therapy Insiders, at the OMPT, at Joe DPT. Jimmy, what's um, PT Pinecast at PT Pinecast? Jimmy at PT Pinecast, correct. Tweet at us. Let us know your favorite Star Wars movies. Did you see The Last Jedi? Was it good? Where does it rank in the all time favorites? We'll see it all probably by next week, uh, definitely by the time this podcast comes out, and we'll, we'll share our updated list and thoughts on the last jedi that should be cool but jimmy man it was great to finally talk to you on the podcast thanks yeah. for coming on thank you guys. um awesome job obviously on, on pt pinecast where um where can people tune in and anything else you want to share um you know itunes google play ptpinecast.com and at pt pinecast and all social media but uh you know like you guys out at most of the conferences and uh, definitely love uh, sharing a beer. And next time we're in the same town, I'm looking forward to CSM when we'll be at the Gleason event together as well. Uh, sharing a couple of lo- local brews and apparently some crawfish. There we go. There we go. Urson, Joe, um, have a great holiday, guys. Enjoy time with the family. Happy New Year. Um, Urson, I'll see you in January. You're coming back to Maryland to recharge for your upper quarter, lower quarter um course it's gonna be awesome yeah. it's not quite the garage this time First around but, we're um, actually gonna get we'll, to record we'll locally good good keep it local mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be local it, it, it's gonna be a lot of cameras yeah. all, all the cameras yeah our whole our whole podcast is gonna be talking about um 
Uh, what's that spice for the Old Bay? Old Bay. Old Bay or somehow dare you forget? Crab cakes and football. They follow me on Twitter. I talk about it so much to people. They actually started following me. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna Thanks. be cool. Um, Joe, any plans? Plans for for the holidays? Uh, we're traveling to Tampa. So, uh, so you buy a house, and on your first Christmas, you go to Tampa. Hey, man, I you gotta the uh, the rotation, the oh, holiday man. rotation precedes all. There's, there's nothing you, you can't mess with the rotation. <laughs> it's just not worth it. Very cool. Well, to everyone else, if if um, if you're listening around the holidays, thank you for an amazing 2017 and tuning in. Uh, we've had a lot of milestones in terms of listeners and downloads and support. So thank you for that. And uh, we, we will be back in 2018, maybe not as many episodes as 2017 or the years before, but we will be back. And um, this is something we love and enjoy and, and connecting. So thank you for an awesome 2017 and uh, we'll catch you next year. See you.